Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 8 Minutes of Ew, the place where we use curiosity and science to turn fear into fascination and those ews into oohs. By the way, I'm your host, Miss Mallory, the curious conservationist and self-proclaimed grossologist. Let's get started. I think it's safe to say cheese is one of the most loved and consumed foods around the world. Its production is more than the production of coffee, tobacco, and tea combined. A whopping 20 million metric tons of cheese is produced worldwide each year. That's equivalent to 13,000 adult blue whales, 64,000 loaded 747 commercial jets, or 3 million male African elephants. Wow. In the U.S. alone, the average person consumes about 34 pounds of the Dairy Delight each year. That's more than one full ton of cheese during an entire lifetime. And can you guess which cheese is king? Out of the more than 2,000 varieties, mozzarella is the global fan favorite. Lucky for you, in this ew-inspired episode, we're going to go on a dairy adventure to expose some of the most savored cheeses that are created in ways that might make your stomach turn a little. And I don't mean with excitement. But before we get into the unusual culinary countdown, let's learn how cheese is made. Cheese can be produced using a variety of milk, including cow, buffalo, goat, horse, and even camel. Approximately 10 pounds of milk is required to make one pound of cheese. And in most cases, milk is first pasteurized meaning that it is treated with heat to kill harmful bacteria. Next, it ferments with the aid of helpful bacteria that break down the milk protein. Soon, the milk separates into curds, solid clumps, and a liquid called whey. Fun fact about whey, some states are looking into cheese whey as an environmentally friendly ice melt for snowy roadways. Although it can create the same chemical makeup as road salt, calcium magnesium acetate, The cheese byproduct is less expensive to make and won't harm highways, cars, waterways, or vegetation. Okay, back to normal cheese making program. After the whey is removed, salt is added to help dry and preserve the cheese curds. Some cheeses are ready at this step. These are unripened, fresh cheeses like cottage cheese and cream cheese. For other cheeses, they are cooked and put into molds and left to age or ripen. Okay. Now, on to the good stuff. Let the culinary countdown begin. Coming in first on the countdown is a favorite among many hot wing lovers, blue cheese. The cheese's signature blue veins are created during the early aging stage when the cheese is, quote, spiked with stainless steel rods to let oxygen circulate and encourage the growth of, get this, mold. You heard that right. The penicillin mold, not to be confused with the stuff that fights infection, softens the texture and develops the cheese's distinctive flavor. And the smell? Well, it smells a lot like feet because the same bacteria that love to hang out on sweaty feet is also the one that is injected into this cheese. Parmesan cheese uses a similar technique with butyric acid, the same bacteria that gives vomit its signature smell. Transitioning from stinky feet to stinky pits, the next cheese on our lineup is said to smell 
just like you stuck your nose into some liquid armpit sweat. Limburger cheese originated in the Limburg area of Europe, hence the name of the cheese, and although not a popular cheese in the United States, it can still be bought in some stores. But crazy enough, most of the Limburger cheese made in the U.S. comes from one cheese plant in Monroe, Wisconsin. But of all the smells, why stinky pits? Well, much like blue cheese and Parmesan, Limburger gets its unique taste and texture from the bacteria it ferments in. And this bacteria happens to be the same one found on your own body. When it's first made, it actually looks and tastes a lot like feta cheese. After three months, however, the cheese becomes creamy and smelly. Rumor has it that mosquitoes are also attracted to this strange-smelling cheese. Moving from putrid to pricey, the next cheese in the lineup is one that could possibly break the bank at your next nacho party. Puel is a smoked cheese made from none other than donkey's milk. This cheese costs around $1,700 a pound and is made at a nature reserve in Serbia. But why so pricey? It takes about 25 liters of donkey milk to make one kilogram or 2.2 pounds of cheese. Each liter costs about $45. Coming in even stinkier at number two is a cheese so smelly it was banned from all public transportation in France. Epoisa, I hope I pronounced that right, is a soft runny cheese that has the same consistency as pudding. It's made of coagulated cow's milk, much like other cheeses, then rinsed in a salty liquid called brine and also brandy until the air begins to waft with the scent of sour milk. Hmm, can't wait to get a candle in that smell. Despite the pungent aroma, many food critics describe the delicacy as an ideal mix of garlic, vinegar, fruit, mushrooms, and, get this, animal. Mm-hmm. Not sure exactly if I can imagine the taste myself, but I bet it's perfect for that person who can't decide if they're looking for something sweet, sour, savory, or barnyard. <laughs> okay, my aspiring grossologists, are you ready for the number one gross cheese? It's banned in the U.S., dubbed as the most dangerous cheese in the world, and has a name that literally translates to rotten cheese in English. Sounds pretty appealing, right? Kasu Matsu is a revered delicacy on the Italian island of Sardinia. Made from sheep's milk, it goes beyond the fermentation stage into the decomposition stage when it's consumed. It gets to this decomposition stage thanks to the purposeful introduction of insect larvae, or maggots, of the cheesefly. The larvae eat the rotten cheese, break down the fats of the dairy product, and this increases the overall fermentation of the cheese. The cheese is eaten when the maggots from the introduced insect eggs are actively crawling around. This is the only cheese of its kind. The flavor of the cheese is extremely sharp and can linger in your mouth for several hours. But don't worry, it's only considered unsafe if you eat the maggots after they've died. Mmm. Well, sadly, my eight minutes are up, 
If you like this episode and would like to hear more ill-inspired topics, I invite you to check out the rest of the 8 Minutes of Ill lineup. And if you feel this podcast is one you'd like to see continue and grow, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. You can ask questions, recommend topics, and be the first to listen to new episodes. Thanks again for joining me and set those notifications so you don't miss the next 8 Minutes of Ill.